Welcome to Ask the Therapist, a monthly podcast for everyone who's interested in how our minds work, building resilience through journaling and all things therapy. I'm your host, Sarah Rees, a mental health nurse and CBT therapist with over 20 years of experience in the field of mental health. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. My name's Sarah. This is Ask the Therapist. It's 2023. And today we have Jenna McAvoy joining us. She's fitness coach, personal trainer, and she runs Empower. I will put a link to all her socials and her website below. She's got um, a free download, a um, meal planner that I am just about to download now because I have to try it. I've been watching her prep her meals like a boss every Sunday for a while and I need a bit of that. I got Jenna on a little bit for myself I must admit because I need a little bit more motivation. Getting my head in gear, I've set myself some goals. What we talked about today has made me rethink how I set my goals, made them a bit more realistic It's given me a real motivational boost as well. And I think it's going to do the same for you. So sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy the episode. Hi, Jenna. Lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me today on Ask the Therapist. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really excited to talk today. Oh, pleasure. Um, Some of it is because of some of the things that I'm really keen to learn about as well. So it's for my own gain. But I want to dive straight in and ask you, I'd love to know what a fitness coach's goals are for 2023. So that's my first question, a nosy one. So what are your goals? So my goals, I kind of do them every 90 days. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do. Because I think if you just have that one big goal across the year, it can be quite overwhelming of how to achieve that. And that one big goal is normally broken down into lots of little ones and things change all the time as well. So I quite like to do it every 90 days. So I look at kind of like the big rocks of the year of what have I got going on that year? Where am I traveling to? What do I want to experience? What do I want to experience in my business, in my personal life? And then break it down. That's such a good idea. What I do is set massive goals and then come January the 5th, I've broken them. But I love that idea. Go on anyways. Yeah, so kind of breaking it down to the, and I do this with my clients as well. I teach my clients to do the same thing, to have kind of that short-term goal leading up to that bigger goal. So at the end of February, I'm hoping to go away on holiday. haven't been away um, for quite a while with my other half of having a full-on switch off and break. So for me personally at the moment, it is aiming to that to that holiday of feeling my most confident self. I think when you're on holiday and you're in your swimwear and you're dressing up for dinner, you know, feeling confident in yourself is such a good feeling. So short-term goal at the moment. And I just find that as a really good driver for me personally. And then throughout the year, it'll be, like strength PBs, so what can I achieve in the in the gym um, in terms of like my big lifts in the gym that I really enjoy doing and then breaking that down into kind of small smaller actions um, and things like even just social things. So being able to join uh, one of my friends, she's super, super fit and she's just got into CrossFit where I'm not really into that, but to be able to go along to a, a class with a friend and have the confidence and, and, and give it a go without thinking oh god you know what's going to happen here so yeah that's kind of my fitness goals 
um, walking into 2023. And the big, big goal is is to show up as my best self so that I feel confident in my business and helping my clients and showing up for my partner, not grumpy and <laughs> and burnt out. Yeah, they're lovely girls. And what I suppose I had an idea that they'd be like completely off the scale and but they're just like all the girls we all have, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the big takeaway from that is that I'm gonna think about is having these rocks in my year, but smaller girls, that is gonna be really useful for me. So thank you. And I'm sure everybody listening as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We always put this pressure on ourselves to make this huge goal and we always end up so disappointed and frustrated at ourselves that we didn't reach it. Yeah. And how did you get into the fitness world? What's your journey been to where you are now? So I'm from the Lake District and um, I used to live on Lake Windermere as a child. So I'm a water baby, beautiful place to be brought up, very, very lucky. Because I was a water baby, I was always on the lake, water skiing and wakeboarding. And I was a professional wakeboard athlete. So I would um, travel around the world, mostly America, to go and train and compete over there and over here. And yeah, I've just always been super sporty. And also, because it's such a male-dominant sport, I was a real advocate for women, getting them into a male-dominant sport and promoting and get more females involved and ended up coaching in that space and then yeah it's just been a, a gradual I had to grow up and get a proper job because <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't going to pay the bills I've had a, the most incredible lifestyle traveling the world and meeting amazing people and being the top of my sport in the UK but yeah, I had to I had to get a real job and decided to retrain as a personal trainer and was a t- trainer in a gym um, in Europe's biggest gym for five, six years. And then the pandemic hit and decided to transfer everything online. As we all kind of had to do. But it's transferred not too badly, hasn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. It's actually given me the opportunity to work with people all over the world where before, you know, only people in the local area could work with me where now everyone around the world can access my coaching. So that is fantastic isn't it? I have the same thing that it's kind of people have so much more choice about who they work with now so you can get people that they're absolutely the right fit for you because you don't have to travel. It's fantastic. And one of the challenges I have in kind of the therapy world and I'm wondering if you have it I'm sure you do have it as well in the fitness world is that We work with clients that kind of know what is right for them. They'll kind of come into 2023 and, like you say, want to be the best versions of themselves and have these goals and really know what they should be doing to get themselves there. Like I do with my fitness and diet, I know what I should be doing and I let myself down quite a lot. So we have this problem where people know what they need to do. They know the stats and they really struggle doing it. And I was just wondering from, you know, looking at a completely different profession, how you do that, how you support people in getting them to do the steps that they know will really help them. Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, there is a lot of overwhelming information out there. So I think we know that what to do and, um, and try to do it and, um, we think we know, but we actually don't know. When we try to 
do everything all at once and we try to do the things that have worked in the past but actually they didn't really work in the past because we're still here you know we're still struggling with the same things something that we tell ourselves well that worked but it only worked short term and not long term and then if you've had like a PT or or um, a fitness instructor helping you in the past you're trying to follow it like an old plan that was in your past lifestyle so your lifestyle changes all of the time your routine changes all of the time so we need to set something up that's achievable and what we do especially at this time of year is we try to do everything all at once and we try to cut things out of our diet out of our nutrition things like carbs and alcohol we try to exercise like five times a week this is what I'm going to do we set all these unrealistic things into our diaries when we're so busy already so we need to set something up that's achievable and also we go down this kind of mindset once we set that up in our heads of this is what I'm going to do I'm going to cut this out I'm going to do all of this all of this and I'm going to get so fit this year and I'm going to be in the best shape of my life but what what happens is is that we go down the mindset of the all or nothing and the perfectionism and I think that's really interesting what you said because I've worked with the PT in the past and I probably still follow a lot of what I was doing then but my lifestyle is completely different now and I haven't thought about that you know and you know kind of that updating all the time but I know what works for me when I do get it right is being really small and as soon as I say don't eat this that's all I want to eat I'm dreadful for that Exactly. So we try to deprive ourselves. So we're depriving ourselves of the foods that we really enjoy and we like. And then we're overloading ourselves when we're already super busy anyway. And it's just it we become overwhelmed even more. So that saying of that we we think we know what to do, but we don't do it. And the reason that you don't do it is because you've overloaded yourself. You're starving and you're knackered. <laughs> so how do we look at your lifestyle and have a look at the structure that you need and the habits it kind of comes from that big goal or that, that that 90 day goal and working back from that. And you've got to find out with your 90 day goal of why is that so important to you? Why do you want that? And it's not because we just want to feel confident on on holiday or we want to drop a couple of dress sizes. It's once you start breaking that down and finding that why, what then happens is we find that driver and that's where mot- like a lot of motivation comes down to. And then we look at your overall lifestyle of what obstacles are getting in your way? What are your struggles? What do you need support with? And what strategies do you need to be able to achieve feeling that way of wanting your goal. Do you see common kind of blocks, common kind of things that block people from getting to their goal? Yeah, so the common blocks that working with busy women is the all or nothing mindset and the perfectionism. And what happens is we don't have that flexibility, which as busy women, we need that flexibility because nothing goes to plan. Mm, Absolutely, yeah. So one of the things that I think is done really well in the fitness world and not so well in the world of therapy is working on consistency. So how do you help people kind of maintain consistency? Yeah, so it is progress over perfection. So it's building those habits step by step. So what I was talking about before in terms of structure and your goals, so you have your goal, we set the structure and we set the actions that we need to take 
So what are those habits? What are those pillars of health that we need to implement so that you can be consistent then rather than overloading you um, with doing too much? And I help my clients and coach them through that. So we can set all this structure and we can say, right, well, this is what you need to achieve. But when clients message me and go, Jen, this week, I've really struggled with this. Then I help them kind of unpick, well, why have you struggled with this? What happened in your week that made you struggle with that? And then put some kind of strategy um, and some support in there so that they go and work on that that week and the next week they've achieved it and they learn and that's kind of why I call it empower is because I'm empowering my clients to be able to go off and do that and learn so that when I'm not around you know they're not going to be my client forever but they have that knowledge and that understanding and that strategy and they learn how to do it themselves it sounds like you've got a really slick formula going on of what you help because I I was just thinking when I looked at your website one of the things you've you set yourself a really big mission I think to help um, busy women kind of prioritize themselves but these women are so busy aren't they like they're probably used to putting everybody else first how do you get these women to prioritize themselves Again, it all comes down to that first structure that we put in of that, of that reason why it's important to them. When you get down into that deeper reason, that deeper dive of like why this is important, then you set that foundation for your busy client to be able to prioritise themselves. But also with the structure that I put in place is it's almost like a roadmap and a bird's eye view of their lifestyle going, actually... I do have time and I can do that. And it's having that realization that you can do that. And when it comes to consistency, because they have that accountability each week and they have that support in case they struggle with anything, once they can see they have those small wins each week, that's where you build the consistency. And I ask my clients every single week, What's your biggest win of the week? Because what we end up doing is looking at everything we didn't do. Yeah, I think that's almost, I mean, I know lots of therapists listen to this and they think, how often do I ask my clients what's gone well this week? I'm like, oh my God. You know, that's so useful to check in with yourself and think what's gone well this week. It's so simple, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and that is where that mindset shift kind of happens with your nutrition and health of, rather than focusing on what you didn't do and what you didn't achieve, you know, then that's where we have that all or nothing perfectionism. What's the point? Um, I can't do this and give up and kind of get on that yo-yo cycle. This is how we break that yo-yo dieting, going at it in the gym seven times a week. And I was just thinking with the women that you work with that are very busy, maybe struggle to prioritise themselves, that do you find that you have to help them do less rather than more? Because I bet they come to you thinking, right, she's going to get me to do all this, that and the other. But I wonder if, just as you're talking, if you're actually work with women to kind of do a bit less and they're like, what? But doing less, but being more strategic. Yeah, absolutely. It's being smarter with the time that you do have. We do all have that time. It's how we structure it and how we prioritise it. And it's a little bit of, kind of shifting around of things 
you just need that person to show you and guide you to do that and I think having somebody like you the accountability that I know that really works that's why I've worked with new coaches and stuff and I've got nutritionists that I've worked with for years but it's that accountability just knowing that I'm going really keeps me thinking about my food all the time yeah absolutely absolutely and um that is what the what my clients get out of me is that knowing so they know because I track so I have um I literally track them they're like how do you know everything <laughs> have you got me? <laughs> but you do track them <laughs> yeah I do track them so they have um so if they have like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch I have um my coaching tool of how I communicate with clients is through an app so their watch connects to my apps oh my gosh yeah there's no sitting on the couch saying yes Jenna I've done it all then is that yeah so I can see you know how many steps they've done how well they've slept the quality of sleep they've slept and I can see their nutrition because they track their nutrition again that just depends on the person of the strategies that we've put in place um and whether they've done their gym session or haven't done their gym session. Gosh, that's taken accountability to the next level. That's that's just amazing. Yeah, and then they track their, depends what their goal is, but if it's like a, a body transformation or wanting just to kind of feel more confident in themselves, then every single week we track their their measures as well. So we can I can give them tips and hacks and tricks and what we need to work on every single week so they have that accountability um and then of course like the human side of things of like how how is their stress levels what's caused them stress this week what can we do looking into the next week because if you're stressed you maintain your weight don't you which I just learned recently that it's hard to lose weight when you're stressed something to do with the cortisol I can't remember what the the science is so but being calmer helps you lose weight it really does it really does it's so important and sleep sleep's the biggest foundation yeah it is that's what we talk about a lot as well yeah it's hugely important and with the women that you work with that keep that consistency and motivation are there other common things that they're doing that the ones that can't struggle with consistency and motivation and not doing Definitely. And and just like I mentioned there, it is sleep. So if I look at kind of all the data that comes through, so I'm a bit of a data geek, all the data comes through to me and I can, so I'll look at their kind of their checking form. It's like, I've had a really bad week. Um, I've really struggled to get to the gym. I've really struggled um, at work and really stressed. And then I look at their data in terms of well, how well have they slept compared to last week, where last week like, I've hit all my gym sessions I feel on top of the world I feel amazing and you can see the data where they haven't they've slept really well the week before but this week they haven't slept very well that's amazing because you're seeing it not just for the individual clients for the the all the women that you work with so upping our sleep is the key and say hypothetically we're kind of moving into the new year and if you have a bad night where you just hit the wine and most women have a glass of wine and then we want some chocolate or some food as well and it all goes to pot I really need some advice for everybody listening and a little bit for me as well of when you kind of when you really spoil it because sometimes if I have one thing that I think oh I shouldn't really I just think oh well now I've had one I'll have 10 
So what do we do in that situation, just in case it happens? Just in case, because it'll happen. It will happen. It always happens. What I do, I'm dreadful for, is that after Christmas, I think we all have this chocolate all over the house, and I just think, right, just go for it, eat it, and then it's gone. And I shouldn't do it. No, just give it away, you know. This is the thing. This time of year, we still have like things left over from Christmas. We've got these box of sweets. Everybody's given us kind of biscuits and treats and it's all in the cupboard and our brain knows it's there. And as soon as we feel that way of like, I'm so stressed, I deserve this, I need this. It's listening to that inner critic as well. That's a big one. But you don't need those things in the house unless you can kind of control it and and enjoy those things without that kind of guilt and binging on it. Then don't have it in the house. Give it away to charity. Give it away to to people. So rather than it sat in the cupboard, it depends on your goals. You know, if you're trying to achieve a goal and you have all of that type of food in the house, you don't really need it there. I would give it away to food banks. But also the reason why you, you may be feeling that way is because you're depriving yourself of it completely. I always say to my clients, you know, life's for living. Like what is life without biscuits and crisps and wine and chocolate you know we enjoy those things so allow yourself to have those things but also in moderation yeah it's all balance isn't it I suppose and if there was I'm going to put it on the spot a bit now but if there was five things that we could be doing like for your health fitness what what would those kind of top five things be so that we can all get a little bit of that strategic planning in place Okay, so the first thing I'd start with is your goals. Look at your goals. What is it that you want to achieve? The first thing will pop to your mind is like, I want to drop a couple of dress sizes. or That's the first thing that will probably pop up. But then keep asking yourself why. Find that deeper reason of why you want to change and what you really want. And that's going to be a big motivational driver. So when that motivation dips, you go back to that reason of why. And that's going to give you a motivational kick. The second thing is actually look at your structure of your of your lifestyle. What are you struggling with? What are your obstacles and what strategies and what support do you need in there? And once you start asking yourself those questions, you'll start placing that structure of what you need. Massively focus on your sleep. How are you going to get optimal sleep? Not just in terms of hours, but how can you improve the quality of your sleep? How can you prepare your food so that you're not constantly on the go and starving yourself and getting hangry and just grabbing and going, whatever? I see your um, preparation every Sunday. I've seen it a few times. It looks so cool. It, and it, that does motivate me to get a little bit more prepared. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, a big, big struggle for a lot of busy women is that we don't prioritise our nutrition and we just think we'll just grab it on the way and a little bit more prepared and a little bit more organized then that'll help us keep on track as well with nutrition to spend every so every Sunday I give myself like half an hour it literally takes me half an hour to prep three days worth of food that is not too bad at all is it you know literally just getting breakfast together so oats with some frozen berries some peanut butter with some oat milk that's thrown in the fridge and it's there for three days and I can just grab and go and heat it up. So it's kind of breakfast, snack and and lunch. And then I just make dinner every evening. 
so yeah, being organized with food, I could talk all day about <laughs> different strategies of nutrition. And what does your weekly fitness routine looks like? What do you do? What are your non-negotiables that you kind of do? Are you in the gym every single day for hours or? <laughs> okay. Nobody has time for that. Um, so for me personally, I, try, I like to get four workouts in a week. And always in the morning, because always find that if you don't get it done in the morning, um, is that you've kind of got this little inner critic going of like, you need to, you need to, you need to. Um, so yeah, I always say get it done in the morning. And you do four a week, four kind of workouts. Yeah, so I train in the gym four times a week and I really enjoy strength training. I really enjoy lifting weights. It keeps me strong. You can, you know, again, targets and goals of kind of lifting those weights. You know, you always feel amazing after a workout. Um, and then, of course, we've got the Peloton as well at home. So I use that. I've got a little treadmill in my office, um, like a little pad. I am seeing these all over TikTok, walking pads. So it's not the big, horrible, massive machines. It's just a pad. It's just a pad. So let's say I have had a... a a day in the office where I am so focused on work that I may not get a chance or I just haven't gone out for a walk then at least I've got my backup plan <laughs> of getting my steps in and hitting my targets on there I've got a gym in the garage but I'm also a member of of a gym because I want to see people we built that in the pandemic but I've kind of got these different strategies that when I do get really busy, then I've got different things that I can do at home or I can go to the gym. What about yourself? At the moment, I try about three times a week, but I, re I really like the Peloton. really enjoy it. I definitely do it on a Monday and Tuesday morning and I try and do it on a Saturday or Sunday. And I'm just starting to do more strength because I know as we get older, we really need the weights don't we to do the strength training but like you I'm we've got a gym two minutes up the road and I'm starting to eye it out because I really want to get I want the they've got swimming pool and sauna and I just want to get like you see people and get, I do miss the classes although I love the peloton and we were it's a big investment isn't it and we were thinking oh my god we splash out and then we don't use it and it's just getting dusty but because it's so interactive we kept it up so, so you have to enjoy it don't you that is the key to consistent exercise is finding that thing that you really love it doesn't have to be the gym it can be a class it can be pilates it can be just or yoga or just something that you enjoy you're more likely to do it I think force yourself to do exercise that you don't like doing because that's not really enjoyable is it and I've got dogs as well, so I'm out. I do walk the dogs every day. But I went in part of the move. We moved away from, I don't know if you know, Yoga Life in Wilmslow. So I had yoga on my door, so I don't have that anymore. So so like you were saying before, that lifestyles change. And it's, you know, I've probably not really kind of got a, a really good routine going, considering my lifestyle change. But I'm getting there. Hope maybe do the gym. That's what the next thing. Yeah, like you say, like things do change. And when we when we start feeling like that resistance of like, why isn't this working anymore? You know, I want to get to the gym, but I can't get to the gym. It's looking at looking at what that barrier is and then placing that strategy in place and finding that exercise that you enjoy doing. Yeah, I have to enjoy it. Yeah. And if I set my goal of losing weight, I just 
I start to eat in in anticipation of possible hunger and I just can't do it so it has to be about kind of just feeling good for me and yeah exactly exactly and you know how amazing you feel after doing a peloton ride you dread it and then you do after it you're like oh my god that was amazing you do feel great. I do, especially if I'm doing like doing this interview this morning. I've been on this morning because it does kind of fires your brain up, doesn't it, and gets you all kind of just working better for the day. Are there things that you recommend for your clients at all? Any resources or books? Or you I hear you've got an app. So I do have a busy women's. We were talking about meal planning, free downloadable on my website. Um, it's www.empowerempwr.co.uk and I'll link that in the show notes so is that your meal prep so it's a guide it's like a guide for busy women um, for, for meal prep and nutrition um, and also the mountain is you is this what you've been reading I always recommend it to clients yeah it's fantastic and I need to know which walking pad have you got? <laughs> Amazon, Amazon. Um, I'll have to put a link in for you. Yeah, send me the link over. I'll put it in the show notes because I think these pads are going to be the new thing, aren't they? Because they're so discreet as well. They don't take up any room. No, they don't take any room. They're a little bit noisy, a little bit noisy. But also you have to concentrate on them. We see these kind of TikToks and Reels and Instagram um, people like, you know I'm working all day on my you know and walking and typing and no let me tell you I've fallen off (laughs) (laughs) because there's no bars to hold is there no no so you can walk very slowly on it if you want to kind of work um but I quite like to jump on it listen to a podcast or put something on Netflix to kind of just switch off soon out um or put a little bit of learning on how many steps do you do a day so everybody, it varies for everybody depending on what's going on in that lifestyle and what's achievable for them. But personally, me, um, it's 10,000 steps. And what can happen is I don't reach the, that every day. But let's say at the weekend, I have a little bit more time, then I'll chase those steps that I missed out on a weekday to the week, trying to hit my overall target. What about yourself? I'm about, I'm 10, but I kind of, I I do a walk with the dogs every morning, so I get a good four. But then, I I mean, my job is so sedentary. I sit down all day, which is so bad for your health. It's really not good. So um, I will try and, even if it's just kind of whiz around the block in my lunch break, to try and get a few extra steps. And so I don't always hit it, but I've never done that kind of kept a track of it and thought at the weekend oh try and do a bit more so that's maybe something that I could add in <laughs> yeah definitely definitely and it's even like walking with a friend going for coffee with a friend we see that we need to sit in uh, sit in you know a costa or a, a coffee shop and just have a catch-up plan a walk with a friend in a beautiful day it's so nice um I always have like a monthly catch-up with one of my friends Coffee and walk rather than coffee and sit. Yeah, we have it's about an hour and a half walk, just chatting, and it, the time's gone, and you've caught up, and you've done about fifteen thousand steps. <laughs> that's amazing. That's fantastic. And what my final question that I ask kind of all the people that come on the podcast is, what would you say to your fifteen-year-old self? You now, kind of looking, thinking about where you are in your life. If you could go back to the fifteen-year-old version of you, what would you say to her? Oh God, a lot. <laughs> I know, I wish I could do it as well. A lot. 
Um, oh my goodness, that is such a hard question, isn't it? It's such a hard, I don't even know. I think, um, I think the biggest takeaway, and this is something quite recently, is that you are going to make mistakes and it's going to be a big journey. And that those mistakes that you make from being a teenager throughout to um, late 30s is going to make you who you are and be proud of that. But you can do anything you put your mind to. What were you doing when you were 15? Were you kind of doing the weightboarding and all that? Yeah, I was a professional weightboarder in America. Yeah, swanning around America. And Wow. Did you feel invincible doing that, all that? What I miss is um, the lifestyle and the weather. <laughs> I miss Florida. Oh, the weather. Yeah. The weather. Um, yeah, it was incredible. It sounds absolutely incredible experience, that. And if people, I'm sure people who are listening to you today, and we've talked a lot about that accountability, how important that is. And, you know, I always, I, th- I just think it is so beneficial to really work with somebody specifically looking at your needs at some point, even if you just did it for three months or something, you can carry that on for, you know, years and years, can't you? How can people find you or where's the best place to follow you? Where do you hang out most on social media? Places that I hang out most is Instagram and LinkedIn. Also have a free support group for busy women. So I go in there and, and share loads of tips and tricks and recipes. Is that a Facebook group? That's a Facebook group, yeah. So anyone's more than welcome to join. Um, I put little masterclasses and workshops in there as well um, and kind of jump on and, and have a little chat like this <laughs> and yeah loads of content in there that can help and kind of cheat sheets and downloadables thank you so much I've learned so much I've literally taken notes from today so I'm feeling more positive about my 2023 thank you so much that's okay no problem thanks so much for having me and um yeah great Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Ask a Therapist. For more information about the CBT Journal, visit my website at sarahdreese.co.uk. You can also sign up to download your free guide to building emotional resilience, delivered straight to your inbox. You will then also receive regular newsletters where I share my blog posts, podcasts, and tips and strategies for better mental health and psychological resilience. Don't forget to review and subscribe to the podcast and you can also share episodes on social media using the hashtag AskTheTherapist. This episode was written and presented by me, Sarah Rees, and edited by Big Tent Media and produced by Emily Crosby Media.